0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather, and he who controls the weather will control the world. Ice storms in the southern U.S. that were fueled with moisture flowing from the southern tip of Baja, California, does that make any sense at all? meteorologically speaking the answer is no new york breaks snow weather record for latest snow in the season they got a whopping four tenths of an inch barely enough to even see on the ground the weather makers have had an increasingly difficult time getting flakes to fall in the big apple even with chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations New from Reuters.com. New England prepares for, quote, wicked deep freeze as ice storm coats south. From AccuWeather, brief visit from Polar Vortex to bring record challenging cold to Northeast and all of us in between record flash warmups. From CNN, the coldest wind chills in decades will thrash New England as eight deaths are now linked to an ice storm in the south. Mind numbing wind chills. Set to wall up New England. These are the kind of reports that most serve the controllers and the climate engineers that serve them. Search the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of Geoengineering Watch to learn more of what most don't want to know. With chemical ice nucleation, as the planet warms, as the flows of moisture become warmer and warmer, these endothermic reacting elements are hitting the surface before they set up and freeze, thus, the rapid increase in ice storms in so many locations. Next headline, portions of New Zealand have been devastated by flooding. That was quote, the biggest climate event in the country's history in quote, did the matrix media in the U S bother to mention this anywhere in their ongoing episodes of mass distraction and polarization theater? No flash droughts, flash floods, flash freezes, all hallmarks of climate intervention operations, which are making an already catastrophic climate collapse scenario even worse. More breaking headlines to come on this front. From the nationalnews.com, why it's time for the world to take geoengineering seriously. More on this report in a moment. The climate engineering blitzkrieg continues to be ramped up all over the world. Blitzkrieg definition, just to be clear. Straight from the dictionary, an intense military campaign intended to bring about a swift victory. Second definition, a short period characterized by an intense effort to do something. Yes, this is certainly an effort to do something that's anything but benevolent. Buckle up. The ride's going to be rough soon. The weathermakers are far exceeding the laws of nature, but the laws of nature are not negotiable. The reckoning is coming. On that note, about the unraveling of empire, the petrodollar is dying by the day. What's that add up to? For those that are not that familiar with how the economic system really works, it means that the empire that has been the benefactor of the petrodollar global extortion, that's all you can call it, is also dying. Does this mean other nations or power centers will rise from the ashes of the collapsing Western U.S. Empire? No. This chapter of the human race is like no other. The entire ship is going down. Details on this later in the broadcast. But the bottom line is this. The controller narrative is breaking down on all fronts, which makes the controllers more desperate and dangerous than ever before. Will they play the global conflict card next as their final option? We'll soon enough find out. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org, geoengineeringwatch.org. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. Moving on, more puzzle pieces. Snow drought ends in New York City. The wait is over, the report states. This report is from thegothamist.com. New York City made history Wednesday, for the latest arriving snowfall of the season, the National Weather Service recorded 0.4 inches of snow in Central Park, the latest arriving snowfall since record-keeping began in 1869. Again, the weathermakers have been desperate to orchestrate a chemical ice-nucleated winter weather event for New York. They failed numerous times this season already, as it becomes harder and harder to engineer winter from warm moisture flows. Straight out of the record-warm Gulf of Mexico, Mexico, or the record-warm Atlantic. But they finally did it. Just over a third of an inch. Barely enough to cover the surface, if that. And then there's so-called Winter Storm Mara, the theatrically named creation of the climate engineers that turned warmth to winter in Texas and parts of the South. A manipulated flow of far above freezing moisture all the way from the southern tip of Baja, California, was the source of the ice storm in the south and almost no one questions anything such as life in the planetary asylum watching the weather channel climate engineering cover-up actors this week trying to explain away the winter weather warfare as just nature was truly alarming it takes an unimaginable amount of climate engineering elements to engineer weather on such scales the elements we know of are bad enough. Aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, surfactants, graphene, and polymer fibers. But what else might there be in this toxic brew? It's almost impossible to determine unless we know exactly what we're looking for. In the case of aluminum nanoparticles in our snow, geoengineeringwatch.org just posted a short seven-minute report titled Aluminum Snow, Lab Test Confirmed. In this short seven-minute video report, a highly degreed former U.S. Forest Service biologist sounds the alarm about inconceivably high levels of aluminum in the snows of Mount Shasta in Northern California, which was once thought to be a pristine water source. No more. You can view this post on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. And about the polymer fibers, this new headline report from E. 360yale.edu. That's Yale University. Microplastics are filling the skies. Will they affect the climate? Question mark. It's into the headline. From the report, recent studies reveal that tiny pieces of plastic are constantly lofted into the atmosphere. These particles can travel thousands of miles and affect the formation of clouds, which means they have the potential to impact temperature, rainfall, and even climate change. The report continues, clouds form when water or ice condenses on, quote, seeds, called condensation nuclei, in the air. Usually tiny particles of dust, salt, sand, soot, or other material, just name what some of that other material was, didn't I, a moment ago. Thrown up, the report says, by burning fossil fuels, forest fires, cooking, or volcanoes. They continue, there are plenty of these fine particles or aerosols in the skies, A lot more since the Industrial Revolution, and they affect everything from the quality of the air we breathe, to the color of sunsets, to the number and type of clouds in our skies. Let's stop there. Is that description a perfect match for these scenarios that are already clearly and inarguably being created by the lingering and spreading jet aircraft dispersions? Time-lapse film footage proves it, and it's not condensation As up-close film footage proves, view the jet spraying section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to see inarguable footage of these aircraft, geoengineering jet aircraft, spraying at altitude, nozzles visible, turning on and off. We have up-close photographs of the retrofit nozzles mounted on the wing pylons aimed into the exhaust jet stream to make this look like, quote, condensation, which it is not. All military tankers and all commercial aircraft are equipped with what's known as a high-bypass turbofan jet engine. It's a jet-powered fan. 90% of the air that moves through that engine is not combusted. That engine is not capable of producing a condensation trail except under rare and extreme circumstances. A short video tutorial of the high-bypass turbofan jet engine is available on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. The Yale report continues with this. To date, more than 9 billion tons of plastic has been produced, and about half of it has gone into landfills or been otherwise discarded. Some project that by 2025, 11 billion tons of plastic will have accumulated in the environment. They then say plastic has been found in soils, waters, crops, and on the ocean floor. And in recent years, several studies have suggested that microplastics, pieces less than 5 millimeters in length, And nanoplastics smaller than approximately 1,000 nanometers, they're much smaller, by the way, were being transported long distances through the air. Let's stop there again. For the record, polymer particles much smaller than 1,000 nanometers are in our air column. The smaller the particle, the more harmful it is. Climate engineering patents call for such particles. It's part of the mix. The report then asks, Quote, where exactly is all this plastic coming from? Question mark. They then suggest roads, agricultural dust, and oceans. On roadways, tires and brakes hurl microplastics into the air, the report states. They continue with this plastic winds up in agricultural dust. And there are big globs of plastic in places like the Pacific Ocean, which degrade into microscopic pieces, which then float to the surface and are whipped up into the air by chopping waters and bursting air bubbles. Well, there you have it. Tires are hurling plastics into the atmosphere, and bursting air bubbles in the ocean are doing the same. Question, does this really add up to what we're seeing in our atmosphere? Really? Never mind that constant parade of geoengineering jets all over the world spraying what's calculated to be 50 million tons or more into our skies annually. That part of the puzzle piece is, of course, completely ignored by the whole of the so-called science community. And never mind that climate engineering patents call for polymer fibers to be used for helping to keep the nanoparticles of heavy metals that are also part of the climate engineering mix floating in the atmosphere for longer periods of time. Question, how is it possible that so many in the ranks of the human race are so disconnected from reality that they don't know and otherwise don't care about the fact that the planet's life support systems are literally unraveling by the day with the weather warfare operations radically accelerating the process on top of countless other forms of completely destructive human activity. How many are still pretending, even now, that their lives are going to somehow, quote, go back to normal? About those that are willing to face and acknowledge shockingly obvious and verifiable truths, they're ridiculed, and marginalized by the willfully ignorant. Here's one definition of, quote, conspiracy theorist. The term used to discredit someone who speaks about things you can't bear to look at because if it were true, it would reveal a darkness in the world that you're simply not ready to accept. Yes, not willing to accept the truth because it's just too horrible and too scary. Therefore, it just can't be so. How many belong to... In that category. Here's a former report headline from Gizmodo.com. Your brain won't allow you to believe the apocalypse could actually happen. From the report, many may be entertained by stories about the end of the world, but that's probably because deep down they don't believe it could ever happen. But That's not because they're realistic. It's actually a quirk of the human brain recently explored by a group of neuroscientists, a quirk which prevents many or even most from adjusting their expectations about the future, even if there's good evidence that bad things are, in fact, about to happen. The report continues, researchers from Germany and the UK designed a complex psychological test to determine how people plan for negative events in the future, Optimism was related to diminished coding of undesirable information about the future in a region of the frontal cortex, the right IFG, that has been identified as being sensitive to negative estimation errors. This human propensity towards optimism is facilitated by the brain's failure to code errors in estimation when those call for pessimistic updates. This failure results in, quote, selective updating, which supports Unrealistic optimism that is, quote, resistant to change. Yes, the propensity of so many in so-called industrialized, militarized societies to harbor and nurture, quote, optimism that is resistant to change, end quote. Translation is this, trained and programmed to think happy thoughts that are not grounded with any form of verifiable reality. Again, a reminder of the hallmark of a truly healthy mind and spirit, is an unyielding willingness to face the truth, no matter how dire. Never forget that. How many are familiar with the term depressive realism? What is it? What's it mean? Past studies have concluded that those who feel justifiable angst about the realities they see and are surrounded by, view the world through a clearer lens than others. And they are, according to the initial studies, generally of a higher IQ. But not surprisingly, Matrix, so-called science and media, is now trying to dispute and debunk the original study conclusions because the predators need to ensure that populations remain rooted in normalcy bias, Stockholm syndrome, and a general mentality that clings to the, quote, ignorance is bliss philosophy. With each passing day, it will become ever more clear where the ignorance's bliss road has led us all. So about the not-so-natural weather. According to the Weather Channel Climate Engineering cover-up actors, this week there was a 141 degree temperature difference in the U.S. Translation, it was in the high 80s in parts of Florida and over 50 degrees below zero in other regions of the U.S., like Wyoming. Again, this is from a Weather Channel report. Stop and think about that. Does it seem reasonable to have an over 140 degree temperature difference in the lower 48 states? As mentioned earlier, Texas and the southern U.S. ice storms got their moisture from the southwest, the southern Gulf of California, off the tip of Baja, California. All of this is completely wrong. It's meteorologically Absurd, and yet the climate engineering cover-up actors and the matrix-controlled institutions like the Weather Channel pretend it's just normal, just nature, when it's anything but. How hard are the chemical flash freezes on wildlife? From Insider.com. A Canadian groundhog was found dead just before he was supposed to predict if we'd get more winter. This is a parallel to Poxetani Phil. From the report, Quebec's beloved groundhog, Fred, died before he could predict the end of winter. The event's organizer said Fred likely died during hibernation. Question, did highly toxic engineered winter weather whiplash events have anything to do with the demise of Fred, the Canadian groundhog? Our forests in Northern California are deafeningly silent. Most of the formerly thriving wildlife populations are all but gone. Why wouldn't they be? A near constant bombardment of climate engineering jet aircraft aerosol spraying is wreaking havoc with every aspect of the web of life. This week in Northern California, our skies look like something out of a futuristic science fiction movie, a near total Blotting out of the sun, strange and completely unnatural color hues, crisscrossing jet-sprayed dispersions that linger, spread, and eventually become part of a toxic aerosol canopy, thickening it. And if there is enough atmospheric moisture present, often an unnaturally cold flow of air makes its way to the surface. It's like someone opened the door of a freezer and this cold air descends because it's heavier, it's more dense. This is why you have the open freezers in the market with no top, but everything stays frozen because the cold air sits on the surface. That's exactly what they're doing. Same materials used on ski slopes. How many ski slopes do we now see? More and more that are having to artificially nucleate snow for the ski runs while the rest of the mountain remains largely bare. And they're doing the same thing on an unimaginable scale in the sky. We have a satellite image at geoengineeringwatch.org of a stripe of snow across Flat sections of Kansas, 10 miles wide, 300 miles long. Are we to believe that was nature? As mentioned at the start of this broadcast, under extreme applications of climate engineering operations and chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding, scenarios like the ice storm that just occurred in Texas and a few other states can be and is manufactured, even with flows of far above freezing moisture. The ice storm that just devastated parts of the South was theatrically named Winter Storm Mara by the Weather Channel climate engineering cover-up actors, the script-reading so-called meteorologists that say whatever they're told to say. Question, where's the honor in this equation? Answer, nowhere. So back to the now dead Canadian groundhog and the rapidly dying web of life as a whole, how can they possibly survive the toxic weather warfare assault taking place in our skies? Answer, they can't survive and they aren't surviving. On top of the flash freezes, flash droughts and flash floods, there's the ubiquitous contamination of the entire planet. All of this must be considered global wildlife populations have officially declined by 70 percent in the last 40 years alone the actual figure is likely significantly higher and the rate of die-off is increasing exponentially are the ramifications of this equation difficult to decipher they shouldn't be but how many are willing to look up from their iphones or look away from the sports games and scripted political theater so that they can actually see the oncoming train of near-term planetary omnicide Answer almost none are willing to face that truth. Even the insects are dying in mass all over the world, terrestrial and aquatic. An 80 to 90% crash right now. Plankton, 90% crash. When the insects are gone, the human race will follow in very short order. How hard is that to figure out? For those that have summoned the courage to diligently investigate the truth and to stand against the baseless ridicule of family and friends, you have my deepest respect and regard. Knowing there's such honorable and steadfast individuals in the world keeps me marching forward in this all important battle. Individuals who have chosen not to cower in their cabin below the deck of the rapidly sinking Titanic, aka Planet Earth. Individuals that have chosen not to remain a participant. In circles of the willfully blind and the willfully ignorant, and about the willfully ignorant, the power structure Matrix Media is doing everything in their power to make sure the majority remain completely oblivious to their surroundings, and thus to the oncoming train of planetary extinction. Aside from the fact that the natural web of life is dying by the day, across the board, What about the domesticated forms of life that provide core aspects of our food supply? The avian flu continues to wreak havoc. This headline from this week, outbreak of avian flu has killed more than 100 million birds. The egg prices aren't going to go down anytime soon. In fact, one day, not far off, we'll be lucky to have eggs on the menu at any price. And about the pesky pathogens that, just keep popping up in every imaginable arena. Now they have hit another key sector of our diet. This headline from this week, multiple sources, army of scientists battle bacteria that has annihilated millions of olive trees. From that report, agricultural engineer Blanca Landa heads an international project to stop the spread of a microbe that is threatening the Mediterranean agricultural sector. That's probably not going to go well. Is all of this part of the plan, part of the agenda? You decide. Are these newly emerging and unprecedented threats limited to birds and trees? No. Two days ago from news.yahoo.com, this breaking report. Dangerous fungal illness rapidly spreading across country. Doctors warn. The Yahoo News report then states this word for word. Quote, If you think it sounds like something from the cutting room floor of, quote, the Last of Us series, where a parasitic fungal infection devastates mankind, there are some very base level similarities, in quote, directly from the Yahoo News report. Where exactly are we collectively heading? And how soon will we arrive at our destination? Do you really want to know? More in a moment. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the Bad News Broadcast, installment number 391, February 4th, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, Two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations, including Denver, Portland, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, California, Washington State, Alabama, Columbus, Ohio, New York State, two stations in the far north of California, Tucson, Arizona, and the Carolinas, north and south. We're trying to add more stations to this list now. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mailouts don't go to spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The Dimming now has over a million views on YouTube. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. About reaching those that still aren't looking up, Geoengineering Watch awareness-raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There's very high-quality printed materials with shocking images. A picture's worth a thousand words, as the proverb goes... We pass these printed materials on at less than our cost, less than our total cost. Again, our goal, just to get them in circulation. We now have geoengineering watch hoodies to go with our new geoengineering watch shirts. Both very high quality, four color images on both sides, front and back. The image is of a military jet tanker descending down over the planet, spraying. A dimming sun is in the background with this caption, Stop Climate Engineering, Investigate, and below. Geoengineeringwatch.org, so they can find the source of information. Scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all of them, effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative. If we can expose it, we have a chance at stopping it from the inside out by awakening our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, their own demise and ours. If you're willing to share a photo of yourself with a geoengineering watch, t shirt, or a hoodie, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, or busy street downtown, please send your photo to us so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all important battle to sound the alarm. Final footnote if you know of any radio station that might be interested in airing the non political, commercial free Global Alert News Hour, Have them contact us at geoengineeringwatch.org. We'll take it from there. We must all remember and consider, this battle is a team effort. If we can awaken the masses, we could yet, even at this late hour, alter the equation. But the Matrix managers are doing their best to keep a mass awakening from taking place. Last week from theburningplatform.com, this headline report, Propaganda and Censorship Dominate the Information War. Most of the international news coverage in Western media is provided by three global news agencies, the Associated Press, that's AP, Reuters, and Agency France Press, that's AFP. Until or unless at least one of these news agencies sends out a notice, national and local media are unlikely to report on an event. Even photos and videos are typically sourced directly from these global news agencies. This way, people hear see, and read the exact same message everywhere. Intelligence agencies and defense ministries are well aware of the power of these news agencies and use them with regularity. In 2009, then-president of the AP, Tom Curley, let it slip that the U.S. Pentagon had more than 27,000 PR specialists that spin up stories in an annual propaganda budget that totaled... Nearly $5 billion. The rest of the technocratic apparatus uses these agencies in the same way for the same reasons to proliferate certain narratives while burying or quote, debunking others. The Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, that's CISA, is partnered with a censorship consortium called Election Integrity Partnership, that's the EIP. Through this consortium, the DHS is illegally censoring Americans. Google, who promised to bring us the world and for decades dished up tens of thousands of results to any given search, was a clever trap that worked like this. Get the world's population hooked on an information monopoly, and then when the time was ripe, funnel everyone towards specific narratives and hide everything else. Google has been able to do this because the primary way most research a topic online is by using the Google search engine. Google controls well over 95% of searches done on the Internet across the entire planet. The information war, however, can be won, but only if more summon the courage to dig deep for information that the controllers are trying desperately to hide until the last possible moment. On that note, new from news.stanford.edu, aka Stanford University. This headline, Earth likely to cross critical climate thresholds even if emissions decline, Stanford study finds. This is what I've talked about on so many broadcasts. You can shut off all forms of human activity right now, including climate engineering. It doesn't take away the momentum of where we're at. Again, once we've crash through the proverbial guardrail the Thelma and Louise moment you can't just put the brakes on then you've already determined a specific trajectory now the goal is to have anyone survive the ride to the bottom of the canyon and the climate science community with articles like this is beginning to admit to what they can no longer hide it's not that they want to tell the truth they've done their best to hide it for so very long but now it's becoming impossible to hide and this is an example From the report, the study, published January 30th in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, provides new evidence that global warming is on track to reach 1.5 degrees Celsius, 2.7 Fahrenheit, above pre-industrial averages in the early 2030s, regardless of how much greenhouse gas emissions rise or fall in the coming decade. If only what I just read was true. It's patently false. Based on frontline data, we are past 3.5 3.5 degrees C right now. And those statistics are being skewed. High temperatures are being radically underreported. And every single engineered winter surface cool down that the climate engineers carry out radically skews the temperature data as well. This shallow layer of cold in the surface serves as a means to report extremely cold temperatures that aren't really indicative of the true state of the climate hiding the severity of what's unfolding until the last possible moment. That is a primary aspect of climate engineering operations. We don't just face global warming. We don't just face climate change. We face an already unfolding abrupt climate collapse being further fueled by the climate engineering, AKA weather warfare insanity. Numerous biosphere breaking points have already been breached. The ship, AKA planet earth is sinking fast. And let's add this puzzle piece to the equation. How much petroleum is being consumed by the human race every single day? Covered part of this on the last broadcast. Over 100 million barrels. How many barrels a day is America burning up? Over 20 million barrels. 20 million barrels each and every day. And the consumption is going up, not down. So there you have it. Back to the proverbial Thelma and Louise moment. The tale of the human race. We've already crashed through the guardrail And we, the human race, collectively, are still pushing the gas pedal to the floor. Total insanity. Question, how much jet fuel is being burned every single day by the global parade of climate engineering jet aircraft? The hubris of the human race, especially the controllers, has sown the seeds of our common near-term demise. On that note, this new report is from the Siberian Times quote, bubble trouble for East Siberian Arctic shelf. From that report, a new study warns of methane escaping from the seafloor due to degradation of submarine permafrost. How many times on how many broadcasts over how many years have I done my best to sound the alarm about the methane monster? Methane clathrates and methane hydrates. Frozen deposits of methane in tundra and the seafloor that are now thawing and releasing Life on Earth is in the balance. Climate engineering, in the attempt to mask what is happening, is further fueling the process. Search Siberian methane craters. Take a look at the images. You'll be shocked. It's 10 times worse on the seafloor. This report continues with this. Scientists use sonar-derived observations of bubble flux and measurements of seawater methane levels to monitor the emission of methane from the East Siberian Arctic shelf to the overlying ocean. This data is from a report published online this week in Nature Geoscience. The report continues, bubbles escaping from the seafloor carry large amounts of methane into the overlying ocean. The methane then rises to the air column into the atmosphere where it begins to spread out and cover the planet like a layer of glass, allowing heat in but not out. The climate science community typically refers to methane as being 20 times more potent than CO2 as a greenhouse gas, a heat-trapping gas, but that's not accurate in any time frame that matters, that's a 100 year time horizon, 20 times more potent. Over a 10 year time horizon, methane is 120 times more potent than CO2. Literally like covering the planet with a layer of glass. And this has been happening over many decades. Again, the Bermuda Triangle scenario, ships sinking because these methane fields are thawing and blowing out on the seafloor. All this methane migrates through the water column, aerates the water like a bottle of champagne. Ships have no buoyancy, and they sink. That's what the Bermuda Triangle scenario is about, happening in the Arctic now on an unimaginable scale. This holds life on Earth in the balance. Again, climate engineering operations making it worse, not better. Their findings, the scientists, have important implications for atmospheric emissions of methane from Arctic seas that are underlain with subsea permafrost state the authors. Increasing storminess and rapid sea ice retreat, causing increased methane fluxes from the sea, are a possible new climate change driven process. It's incredibly false what they just stated. It's not a possible new process. It's an existing extensive and extraordinarily dire process, a positive feedback loop. The methane cycle The planet warms, methane thaws, releases, hits the atmosphere, traps even more heat, even more warming, even more methane releases. This is, again, a potential existential threat, positive feedback loop. And positive in this case absolutely doesn't mean good. And while all this is going on, if you turn mainstream media news on, any of the three primary channels, all of them just different sides of the matrix media coin, nothing but scripted theater, issues that in the context of the wider horizon don't matter. When the whole ship goes down, all other points become moot. Mainstream media is a weapon of mass distraction, polarization, and division, nothing less. So if the methane deposit releases are such a dire threat, why isn't the whole of the so-called science community sounding the alarm? Because of the science for hire system. A so-called scientist can now be hired to come to any conclusion their paymasters want. Yet, yeah, trust the science. How's that going so far? And of course, so-called scientists can also be hired to deny the fact that the whole of the so-called climate science community is continuing to pretend that climate engineering is just a proposal is a case in point. Back to the ruthless plundering of the planet's remaining resources from msn.com this week. Outrage as U.S. government advances $8 billion Alaska oil drilling plan. From that report, the Biden administration has advanced an $8 billion drilling project on Alaska's North Slope. The ConocoPhillips Willow project, which would be one of the largest oil and gas developments on federal territory, has drawn fierce opposition from environmentalists who say its approval runs counter to the president's ambitious climate goals. I wish some of these environmentalists would look up and tell the truth about what's happening in our skies. But the leaders of those groups are trying to protect their 501c3 nonprofits, so they won't do that. This report continues, Willow is a carbon bomb that can't be allowed to explode in the Arctic. So said Carlin Nagik, a senior regional director at the Nonprofit Wilderness Society. Already the Arctic has been warming almost four times faster than the rest of the world. The methane situation will make that far worse, not better. And in the attempts to hide it all with toxic climate intervention operations, the situation is made worse still. Question, how many have stopped to ponder this? Even though the Gulf of Mexico waters are at record warm temperatures and were all summer long, not a single hurricane was allowed to spin up anywhere near the oil drilling regions. Not coincidence. It's not hard to determine who's pulling the strings, including those Connected to climate engineering. New from the UK Guardian and other sources revealed how world's biggest fossil fuel firms profited in Myanmar after coup. From that report, leaked tax records suggest subsidiaries of international gas field contractors continue to make millions after the coup. That's how the whole system works. The looting and pillaging of other nations conducted by the alphabet agencies in the U.S., and the corporations they serve. The Biden administration's contradictory approach to Myanmar, quote, has allowed U.S. oil and gas corporations to continue business as usual in Myanmar, enabling the junta's international crimes to occur. No surprise, business as usual. On that theme about keeping business as usual until the moment of total collapse, as mentioned at the start of this broadcast, Why it's time for the world to take geoengineering seriously. That's from the nationalnews.com. The report states, the goal of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels will probably be breached. Oops, too late on that. Happened about two decades ago. We're likely past 3.5 degrees C now. They continue, every increase brings more damage and disruption and greater chance of inadvertently passing a climate tipping point too late, we've passed probably two dozen already, such as the collapse of the Greenland or West Antarctic ice sheets, eventually raising global sea levels by three to four meters. It will be much, much worse than that. In fact, if we stopped all forms of human activity right now, there is likely 70, 80, Even 100 feet of sea level rise baked in to the equation at minimum. You can't just shut it off. Not this kind of momentum. More from the report. Some of the warming from greenhouse gases has been masked by fine particles, aerosols from human activity. Not hard to figure out where many of those are coming from when the dispersions from jet aircraft can cover entire horizons. And time-lapse film footage proves this. We're talking about an inconceivable amount of Toxic filth being sprayed into our skies. More from this nationalnews.com report. If we begin a large scale effort to manage solar radiation, then had to stop, warming would resume abruptly, a scenario explored in Neal Stephenson's 2021 novel, Termination Shock. They continue If we pass a tipping point and see a rapid climatic deterioration, hasty geoengineering may be essential. It would be, they say, wise to be prepared. It's been going on for over 75 years, and we get this kind of report from the so called science community. Final statements from this report. If environmentalists believe correctly that even 1.5 degrees of warming is dangerous, they should support this article says careful solar radiation management. There's no such thing. You can't spray tens of millions of tons of toxic filth in disguise. ...and get a reasonable result. It's a death sentence. And we are seeing that being carried out in real time. Final statement of this report. It's time for environmentalists, governments, and society to take geoengineering seriously. I would agree with that point. It's definitely far past time for them to take geoengineering seriously. What's been ongoing for 75 years and what's pushing us past the precipice to near-term planetary omnicide... Question, how is it possible not to consider this a planetary asylum when the whole of the so-called science community continues to pretend that climate engineering is just some sort of future proposal and not actually raging in our skies almost constantly? How is it possible not to consider this a planetary asylum when nearly the whole of the population willingly pretends that they can't see the ongoing and shockingly obvious climate engineering atrocities because the so-called scientists and their Matrix media mouthpieces say it isn't so. To those that are fully awake, aware, and doing their best to sound the alarm, never forget that it's you that is sane. Let's put some very key puzzle pieces together. As already covered in this report from Yale University, the science report acknowledging that microplastics are filling our skies and impacting our weather. Covered in this report, theyahoonews.com com headline stating, dangerous fungal illness rapidly spreading across country, doctors warn. Now with all that in mind, let's consider the following very important excerpt from a very important geoengineeringwatch.org report titled, What Are They Spraying? Answers from an Insider. The insider was called Deep Shield for the purposes of this interview. This is highly recommended reading at geoengineeringwatch.org. Just search geoengineeringwatch.org. What are they spraying? Answers from an insider. Here's the excerpt. Weave it together with everything we've covered. The interviewer asks the insider, What purpose do polymer threads embedded with biological materials serve in this scenario? The scenario being a.k.a. climate engineering operations. The insider states this, Polymers are part of the mixture, and they do form in threads and in tufts. The idea is simple and comes to us from the spider. As you may know, spider webbing is very light. Some newborn spiders spin a, quote, parachute to catch the prevailing breeze to travel far from their place of birth. Spiders have been able to attain high altitudes and travel great distances for long periods of time. Remember the Yale report referred to just how far these polymer threads are migrating. The insider continues, most of the elements used in the spray are heavier than air, even in their powdered form, aka heavy metals like aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, graphene, and will sink quickly, the insider says. Mixing them with the polymers suspends the particles in the atmosphere high above the surface for longer periods of time. Therefore, the insider states, in theory, we don't need to spray as often or as much material. Since the suspended particles eventually do settle to the lowest part of the atmosphere and are inhaled by all life forms on the surface, there is an attempt to counter the growth of mold by adding to the mixture mold growth suppressants, some of which may be of biological material. Does that make you feel better? Are they really trying to protect us with these programs? Final excerpt from this insider, and the actual interview is much, much longer. But he states, Mold comes in spores that travel on the winds. The polymers can attract mold spores through static charges created by the friction of the polymer threads and the atmosphere. Add a bit of warmth, he says, and moisture and mold begins to grow. The polymer is stored in liquid form as two separate chemicals, When sprayed, they combine behind the aircraft, spinning long polymer chains, threads. Much tinkering has been done, he says, with the chemical matrix in the past years. Many polymers, a.k.a. plastics, are non-biodegradable, thus add to the problem of polymer pollution. Various formulas have been used, some of which even use biological agents. Again, this is only a sample of what is disclosed in this insider interview, titled, What Are They Spraying? Answers from an Insider, posted at geoengineeringwatch.org. Here's the bottom line. We don't know, we can't know, the totality of toxic elements that are being utilized in the ongoing climate intervention operations. The scientist interviewed in this report, Deep Shield, was a geoengineering insider. He was reportedly found deceased shortly after this interview. The interviewer himself wrote this, quote, I received word early today that Deep Shield had committed suicide late last Sunday afternoon at his home in the Emeryville, Berkeley, Oakland area of California. This is going all the way back to, I believe, 2003. And this insider stated in 2003 that based on his understanding of the state of climate collapse, we had perhaps 20 years to survive on this planet. Where does that put us now? The data in this interview is more relevant today than it was when this interview was conducted. How much more clear can it be that the human race is on the fast track to near-term self-annihilation? On this theme, consider this recent headline from Umir Haig, titled, If the future is like the present, our civilization will collapse. Let's take that headline a bit further, not will collapse, is collapsing, now. Climate collapse, ecological collapse, mass extinction, the pandemic, the economic depression, political paralysis, social chaos, and rising extremism. For the first time in human history, we face not just one, but converging existential threats, converging catastrophes from almost every imaginable direction. The human race has been characterized by the act of expansion, for more resources, since numbers, aka populations, were continuously growing, though that's already in the process of an unimaginable reversal called collapse. With expansion came war, slavery, tyranny, hatred. With expansion came violence of every kind. The story of the human race thus far has been one of a triumphant species, ever-expanding thanks to the easy bounty, the plentitude before it, The driving goal of the predator class is to expand their power and control, and they'll do anything in their power to accomplish this goal. Comparable to a cancer that proliferates unchecked and unchallenged till it kills its host, in this case, planet Earth and the entire web of life. The human race has come to be dominated by a predatory, exploitive mindset that human beings are the apex predators sitting at the top of the globe's food chains and natural resources. As its apex predators, they, the Controllers, felt they had every right to loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until nothing is left. To those that are still trying to convince themselves that the Controllers want to preserve and protect populations so that they can continue proliferating and parting with the Predator class until the brutal bitter end, think again. How clear can it be at this point? Global populations aren't only expendable to the predators. They, a.k.a. us, we, are a rapidly increasing liability to them. What have they already done to move their agendas forward? What other cards will they soon play? What wheels have they already put into motion? Ignoring the wider horizon won't save us. The predatory, exploitive mindset has been with us for Millennia. Rome lionized it and practiced it. The Western Age of Empires was essentially one great contest for it to rule the world, which meant having the most colonies to exploit, the most people and land to prey upon. America came to exemplify the principles of empire seizing land, exploiting natives, enslaving Africans, greedily, hungrily, devouring anything and everything in their path or that stood in their way. A constant parade of bread and circus has kept the majority of populations compliant and all too willing to participate in the Planetary Plunder Party. And now, the bill is due. The reckoning is here. There's no going back. Exponentially more souls are now competing for dwindling resources, much more so than ever before, by a massive margin. A thousand years ago, it was 300 million people competing for the plentiful resources of seven continents. Today, it's eight billion, competing for the burned-out husks of the very same. What has been will soon be no more. This century is the culmination of the expansionist chapter of human history and the human race. It's exploding into fascism, into violence, into stagnation, into poverty, into rage, into despair. This is a natural consequence of the central paradigm, the predatory, exploitive mindset. This mindset was always going to reach its limits, and when it did, because it has, the only thing human beings would have left to prey on would be themselves, their very own societies, democracies, cities, towns, rivers, lakes, children, even their own lives. This is where we are now at the end of, perhaps, the final chapter of human history, indeed, possibly, of human existence. So many are bewildered, baffled, paralyzed, or lashing out in rage and fear, because while our paradigm has already exceeded its limits, we, so far, seem to know no other way. So again I ask, as power structures lose control, and they are, what cards Are they willing to play next? Is it too late to change our course? Individually, so long as we are still breathing, so long as we are still standing, so long as we still have our God-given free will, then the answer is a resounding yes. We can alter our course. We can yet make a difference. Our will is our greatest gift. Our will is the only thing we can truly call our own. The only thing that can never be taken from us, ever, we can, we must change course. We can, we must adjust our priorities and our perspectives of what life is about, of why we are here, of the power that we collectively wield if we stand together in a common cause to salvage our miracle planet, our home, our host, from the self-serving agendas and objectives of not only the controllers, but all those that enable them in exchange for a paycheck, a pension, and the perception of preserving their own personal paradigm. Invincible solace, meaning, and a sense of purpose exist in summoning the courage to face the gathering storm, head-on, in spite of, and in many ways because of, the resistance from those that surround us, those that are not yet ready to let go of the matrix delusion, of the matrix self-consuming destruction. Your strength can and will inspire others, to summon their courage, and to stand with you in this all-important fight for everything that matters. Again, we must prioritize. What's occurring in our skies is the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat at this moment. The atmospheric aerosol dispersions are not only being used to control weather, food and water supplies, and thus, populations. If the predators feel they are losing control, and they are, they can alter the spray dispersion elements to something much more lethal and level the playing field overnight, literally. If you don't think they would go that far, think again. Every day counts in this battle. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific details on how you can help to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. While it can still make a difference, march confidently and courageously into the gathering storm, no one can take our will, ever. Until next week, This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.